Go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Associated Firefighters of Illinois podcast, voted multiple times as the greatest structural firefighting podcast in the history of podcasts. Also robbed twice of the National Media Awards, but different story for a different day. Not that we're bitter or anything. Uh, Jerry Marzullo here. Season four, episode two, along with the man, the myth, the legend. Can't you introduce yourself for the record? Uh, Luke Housen, vice president for the FFI. Hello. Chris Coates, District 2 Vice President, AFI. And before we, so the topic is the steward. The, so the topic of today is what is a union steward for AFI and when it happens. I was against having this steward as a guest because this local has nothing going on. It's very boring local. They don't file, they don't have any grievances. No big deal. Everything is nice and easy and smooth. I wanted somebody here with some action. So go ahead and introduce yourself for the record, I guess. Uh, Former lieutenant, now retired Dave Bernicke. I'm chief steward of Local 2 Chicago. Chief steward of Local 2 that has had a few grievances in their day. Then a few I've been able to argue on behalf of Local 2. So um, this is a really great opportunity to bring somebody in who has done a, a you know, I mean, if you want to know how to shepherd a grievance and get it through the process and be a steward, um, you could do worse. So the topic of the conversation today is the concept of the union steward in, in context of AFFI. And, and here we are. And let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, we, we we've had a lot of requests over time. Like the stewards are the first line of contact for the union in their membership. Uh, you know, they're either on a shift or uh, within a station, however they're designed within the within each local. Some locals are small enough, they don't have stewards. And then all the way to Chicago, how many stewards do you guys have, Dave? Uh, 104. Yeah, so. <laughs> so you have you have more they, stewards than <laughs> most of the departments in they, Illinois have members. That's almost yeah. twice my department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so nothing going, it's 104 guys standing around, nothing to do. Yeah. Go, all right, let's go to lunch, right? Okay, yeah. so there you go. So over time, that, that position's like usually your first like intro to, you know, being a part of the union board and, and, and be involved in your local. And the position does switch out a fair amount. Uh, you know, you might get elected and move up uh, to a higher position on your union board, or, you know, you might do it for a little while and then step out. But to, to provide training, uh, we've been discussing this for a while. We, we do have education that we do on a every couple of year basis for stewards, but we thought doing a little podcast here would get the information out there on a regular basis. So to plug real quick, um, Obviously, we're recording this in early January, but uh, February 27th and 28th in Oak Lawn, we'll be hosting an AFFI education conference, um, and it will be for all uh, union board members or people that want to get involved and get some different education. We'll have a variety of topics, but we will have a union steward track. Yeah. And uh, you've been doing this for a few years. Now, yeah. Uh, last time we did it in Rosemont, it, it was well attended. Um, obviously, it's close on the doorstep of uh, Chicago, so that helps uh, their members attend because the amount of stewards they have. But uh, it was well-received, and we just want to continue to provide an education on different levels to our membership. So um, so just getting into the steward, um, like we said, it's it's the first line of contact for, for most of our members, and it's the, you know really the best way to get involved in your local. Um, that's how I started out. 
I don't know um, if you started that way too, Chris. Yeah, or, I spent about a year as a, as a union steward. Yeah, and I think it's it's a great way to get in, understand the contract, understand the union, and and, and, and start your stuff and getting involved. And then eventually you could stick around a while and end up like all of us and, and, and be involved at higher levels uh, longer term. But Next thing you know, you're chief steward of the circus. So there you go. <laughs> okay. How did you start out? How long, What was your history in terms of? Uh, I spent about 20 years as a steward at Local 2. Okay. Uh, and, and most of our board members have been stewards over the year. Yeah. Um, and then the chief steward spot by you guys is an elected yes, uh, position. So what it is is. Every other January, we have an election for stewards. It's a two-year term. And then within the first couple of months, once we get the new group in, they elect one person to be their chief steward. Okay. So you're elected by the other stewards. Yeah. And then to your point, they send a lot of that that union, the steward track, that seminar that you've been putting on in February. There's always a lot of Chicago guys. Yeah. Historically, they had done their own uh, stewards training, and I think it was a lot for them to pull off on their own, and they kind of... I thought we could help them by doing our own too yeah. and, and, and combining forces to, to put on a conference. Um, Dave, you guys kind of do a lot of training too at your meetings, right? We have monthly meetings. Actually, we have two, two a month, uh, back-to-back days because of the size. This way, if you're at the firehouse one day, you could go to the next. Yeah. Um, we probably have 60 to 70% show up, and we do. We have bo- various board members show up and they'll talk. And we usually try having one one group, one subject that we'll hit. When guys are elected stewards, we give them, here it is, what, three-inch three binder. And it co- covers <laughs> Charts everything. Charts and graphs. Char- Charts, covers everything. graphs, different tabs. Uh, I give them a, make sure they have a contract book. We've Luckily, now we've been able to put this on the website. So we don't have to give it out to everyone yeah. every time. But uh, we try to cover something else. So 20 years as steward before we get into the, the bullet points and, the, and some of the other f- more formal stuff. But what's the qualities of a good steward in a nutshell? What, what are you looking for for somebody to be a union steward on a shift, out of a house, etc.? So real fast, we have one per battalion per platoon. So there's 72 of them that are, you know, in FSNR, Fire Suppression and Rescue. Then there's 20 that are EMS. Uh, and it's every battalion has one on every platoon. So there's 24 battalions, so there's three in each one. Someone who's active uh, is going to attend meetings, but someone who's going to listen. You know, yeah. you got to decide, is this a grievance or is this a complaint? Are you just want to bitch and moan? I'll listen to you. You know, you, you got to respect the person. If you're going to represent them, you, know, you got to be willing to listen to them. My biggest thing is I tell people when they come on, people ask. I just had two call me because we're getting ready for election. They asked me what it would take. I said two key things. Don't lie to them. They ask you a question, don't lie to them. If you don't know them, say, hey, I'll find out and I'll get back to them. And get back to the person. Yeah. And, hey, be willing to say, hey, look, I agree. I'll listen to you. But you really don't have a grievance. I mean, this yeah. is a gripe. I, I, I agree. I found, and if you guys agree, that the, the steward position is really, really hard because you have to be able to police your own members. You can't. Yeah. Uh, the, the stewards that I have found that are the least effective are the guys that agree with the last person that they spoke to. Yes. You just have to be able to say, contract is this or this is the way this has been interpreted. I'm sorry, pal. I know you think this is bullshit, but there's nothing we can do for you, that type of thing. Oh, yeah. sure. Especially if you're in a house and... You know, it could be a double house engine in a truck in Chicago. You got 10 guys. 
and they're all pissed off about something right. and right. they're yelling, they're screaming. Yeah. Hey guys, listen. I get it. I mean, especially COVID. COVID took a hit on a lot of people. There were a lot of people that didn't want to be stewards again after COVID because they listened to the gripe and, you know, you might have agreed with them, but hey guys, this is, I agree personally. But this is law. Yeah. This is how it goes. Yeah, here's the party line. The worst part is when you get lawyers involved. Right. Well, those were like 10, <laughs> those were 10 firehouse lawyers. And then you needed the one real well, attorney to straighten it out. As you all know, we solved the world's problems oh, every morning. No doubt about yeah. it. If the people in Washington then, would just listen. Then you get to take those grievances to arm and then you get your ass handed to you. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I've, I've been there for local too. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think the point to what Dave's talking about there is you're the key position. You're the first in line to, to hear the gripe or, or, or find out about a problem. I mean, you know, obviously there's legit co uh, contract violations and understanding what to do with them and understanding where to take them and, and follow through on it. And I think uh, that stewards a, a really important spot and you're elected by your peers. Yes. So it's a little different than like a union board member. Um, you know, I'm going to look at you, Chris, like, you know, around the state, we, uh, some, you know, Dave kind of talked about Chicago size and, and how their stewards are represented. A lot are by shift, uh, mostly. You get into some of your bigger departments, they might have a steward per station. Yeah, mo most of them, the, of the average size, like that 50-ish range of stuff, are, are by shift. They they have somebody that they can talk to on their shift, usually like a local my size has two. Uh, I can't get a hold of Jerry, I can get a hold of Luke. Those are my two shift stewards. Yeah. Somebody's going to be there to help guide me through that. Because it, it, it does take that person because, it, it, as you were saying, that if you don't get somebody to talk to right away, what happens? It just gets worse. Right? Oh, it fest the wound oh, festers. It just, yeah. It just becomes a, you know, a, a, a powder keg waiting to explode. These guys get so upset. And that's why, you know, the union steward's job's tough. I mean, it really is. Uh, again, you hit it on the head. Part of it is just being a good social worker, just being able to listen. Correct. And, and all right, walk me through what happened. Okay, ex, you know, they don't, and then when you ask them, well, okay, tell me what part of the contract they violated. And you get, well, uh, okay, right. all right, okay, what they did, yeah, may suck, but is it really a grievance? Let's dig down deep into the weeds. Right. And it, it does take a lot of work and it takes a lot of patience because you said you have those guys, they're, they're pounding on you. They're pissed and they want resolution. They want it right now. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's not illegal to be an asshole. Right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Some, sometimes, you know, it, 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 I hate the term. It is what it is. But when it's their right, when it's management right, they're right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, st the structure for the stewards, depending on your local and everything, how it comes together, your constitution bylaws will guide you on how those elections are handled. Um, a lot of times, are your guys' elections every year? No, every, every two, two years. years. Okay. Um, I know my, my department, my local, it does it every year because we have shift transfers and stuff. So they'll look, look the new rep for that year uh, on their shift. So, um, you know, if you're looking for that kind of information, that's where you would find that. And you kind of already started hitting on it, but I think the next uh, part I want to hit on is the qualities and traits of a steward. Obviously, we talk about being a good listener. What are some other, like, good qualities or traits you guys think uh, somebody should possess to be a good steward? Well, you got to be willing to put in work. Uh, when people come to you, if it is an actual grievance, you got to be willing to guide them through the process. You got to be willing to, hey, I'll do the legwork that needs to be done. And it's going to take, you got to explain to them, it's going to take time. It, at least it does in the big city. I mean, oh. it can take two, three years for you to get a check if you got passed over for overtime. The city isn't in a, 
in a no hurry to pay. Well, but but to that, though, too, one of the biggest qualities, I guess, the ability to read and write in the English language. And I don't mean to make light of that. And it sounds funny. But, you know, how many times in I've had local presidents come up to me and ask me a question and I'll look at them and say, well, what does your contract say? And then, the con- you know, it's just there's just this awkward <laughs> silence, you know. Yeah. So I, I think one of the issues for union stewards really is it sounds so fundamental, but people's lives are busy, right? And they have families, et cetera. But if you're not going to take the time to know the contract and read your contract yeah. like once every six months or something, right, to be familiar with it, then don't become a union yeah. steward, man, because 90 percent of the time – and you want to talk like, like, like as nobody loves lawyer jokes more than me. Right. You want to talk about like, I have people that call me and it's like, well, I'm, you could have done this. It's right. It's like section 18.1 of your contract. Like it's right here. And so a lot of the stewards that are found that are effective, that really know the contract, that's all 80, 90, hundred pages of it can really take care of a lot of problems. Like Chris, to your point, right at the table, like, Hey, uh, you know, here's your sick time note requirement under section 6.2. You got to bring in a note. Here it is. You know, that that type of stuff. A steward that just gets elected because they want to become and they want the title. If you don't know the contract or the MOUs or the side letters, or the, the memos that your department puts out, what are we doing here? So I think the attention to detail is a very good quality and a good trait as well. Absolutely. Like Luke said, it's, sometimes it's a it's a springboard to to moving on farther up in the local but those ones that stick around for a long time have a wealth of knowledge. Uh, it's a good spot to start if you are wanting to move up because, like you said, you have to learn the contract. You have to know how things work within your local and everything else. But I've got I've got a couple guys that have been on my executive board that have been stewards forever, and they're the go-to guys. I yeah. mean, you All want right. to talk about somebody, you think the president knows the contract? He does, but he's dealing with 100 other things. The shift yeah. stewards are the ones yeah. that know the contract. And those longtime shift stewards will sit there and tell a guy, Why it uh, is. Dave, to your, to your point, to understand, well, hey, in in 2015, in that round of contract negotiations, this language was changed, and it was changed because of this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You Absolutely. Know? Having that history is huge. Yeah. I think the other one of the other qualities, though, too, is, and we look forward in, in our guys, the stewards are really kind of those sergeants that round everybody up, right? So when you have, you know, something you might like the mayor's Christmas baskets, right? Like every year, the mayor, you know, you, the, you hand them out and the city, you know, whatever. It's the stewards that have to have that charisma to get the individuals from the shift to say, hey, can you hold over for a couple hours? We want to have a good showing here. It's important for the community. It's important for the local to have a presence, et cetera. So that charisma, because if you have these community events or these or, or, or political events, et cetera, you know, some state reps coming into town, we want to have a good showing there. You want to have like 10, 12 guys. If the steward himself or herself isn't there, you're not exactly inspiring people to come in and be a part of that process, et cetera. So I think that charisma too goes a long way as well. Yeah. Lead, lead by example, right? Lead by, uh, you, you know, by you're going to ask others to come do that work. And I, I think that's a huge point there, Jerry, is the conduit to the members from the board. Hey, we have these things going on. Uh, not everybody makes a union meeting. Hey, uh, you know, pass on that information because you're you're within the shift or you're within those firehouses and letting people know, hey, this is what's going on and in the ability to have the relationship with your members. Because, yeah. you know, the essentially, too, for the bigger your local gets, the harder that connection is to your union board. And the stewards are the that key component to make sure that I want to call it a conduit. The information goes back and forth the way it should. Um, you know, another thing I had here, too, is 
having some courage to stand up to the administration, the fire chief, right? Um, you know, to, you know, especially a lot of stewards are younger uh, members of the organization. Uh, you know, Kurt was talking about on the last episode, you know, when he got involved and how many years he had on the job. I became elected steward on my shift with like just over a year on the job. I just offer probation. So you think I'm going to go talk to the fire chief and tell him, hey, uh, you violated the contract, yeah. you know. Um, I, but I, but that's, that's an important component because you're going to go in and try to resolve an issue because any issue, too, before it gets to a grievance, we want it resolved at the lowest means possible, right? For sure. If we, if we can figure it out, maybe there is an error or whatever and, and it gets corrected and obviously they don't, they don't want to play ball, then, then you go the route and, and, and follow through on it. But I think the ability to go in and have that rapport as we just discussed with your members, you got to have it with management as well. I think that's an important uh, quality and, trait. And to that, though, I think there also has to be, and Dave, I think you brought up a really good point with uh, with COVID, right? We saw COVID not just in, in a massive, you know, local like Chicago, but we, we saw just, there were just huge, I never want to go through that again. And all of the fights and the politics, et cetera. And um, there's a... Um, one of the best union president guy that taught me a lot, just retired as a chief of tri-state, Sammy Molinero. Uh, he told me something when I was younger and when I was getting involved in the union, he said, you know, behind closed doors, when the executive board and the stewards, et cetera, get together, man, you guys, it could be a bloodbath, you know, fuck you. Screw, I'm this, this isn't happening. This is happening, et cetera. But when you guys come to some sort of resolution and you open that door, everybody has to be on the same page. And you really do. I think that is an important quality with the with the stewards, what you pointed out, which is, you know, look, we, we may have had huge fights. But when you come out of that room, local to local 1260, you know, local 1236, 524, you all have to be on the same page this is what the local decided and this is what we're going to do because it undermines everything you're trying to do. If you've got a steward, you know, 1236 has a massive argument behind closed doors. And then you have a steward that comes out and says, well, this is what, but I wouldn't, et cetera. It's like yeah. you tentatively agreed to something. You've got to, but you've got to be bound by that tentative agreement. Right. So that loyalty issue, uh, I think is an important quality as well, at least from what I've seen, you know, some of the bloodbaths we've had. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes right up with what you mentioned, honesty. Like just having the ability to tell somebody, like be honest, not sugarcoat it. Yeah. Just like, hey. You're screwed and here's yeah, how. Yeah, hey, yeah. you messed up. Or no, the city messed up. Yeah, you have a valid grievance. You know, just right. taking the, being able to, to decipher the contract, being able to understand what the intent and the meaning of the language in the contract is and be honest with the person. Like, hey, you, yeah, you messed up. You violated the contract or hey. City screwed up. Yeah, you're, you're right. They violated the contract. We'll file the grievance on your behalf. Yeah. So we kind of hit on the qualities, traits. I think that's pretty good. And one thing we mentioned in there is knowledge in certain areas. So the, the collective bargaining agreements, like foremost. What's another one, Chris? We, we we always tell this to our union presidents, too, when they call us for advice. What are the two things we refer our guys back to? Yeah, Constitution, bylaws, contract. Yeah, right. Those, those are the huge how, pieces, yeah, right? Sure that, usually your answers in those, mm-hmm. um, depending on what the issue is. Now, granted, new things come up though too, right? Like, um, you know, I mentioned COVID. I, right. Electronic meetings when yeah. COVID, when COVID was happening, how do you, how do you handle a union meeting right. when you can't get everybody in the same room? But I, there, there are real world examples to that. Like you just talked about the constitution and bylaws and the collective bargaining agreement, right? 
what stewards have to understand is, again, not to make light of it, it's not just, you know, like a title. You're popular with your peers. And you get to wear like the polo shirt and go to the conference. I have personally seen, personally, really, really good grievances that timelines have been blown because they have not been shepherded through the through the process, right? Employer attorneys are very good. That's why they they charge the bucks that they charge and they're really good at it. And they will throw any procedural jurisdictional defense in front of you, et cetera. And if you are a steward that's not going to take it seriously and you're not going to pay attention, and if you're a steward that is only going to be a steward on the shifts that you're working and on your off days, that's your non-fire department time, you're not going to be good at it because now all of a sudden you're looking at a grievance that you had 10 days to refer this to the fire chief on step three or whatever, and it's day 14, and I'm, I might not be able to get you out of this one. So it is that full-time job and that attention to detail. And to go back, I mean, just there are the real world examples. You're not just like the minor leagues and the president takes care of everything. It's like, no, dude, you got some responsibilities here, you know? So, right. Yeah. That hits a, a really good point. I like to put organized and, you know, the, a person that's organized yeah. being your shift steward. Cause like you said, going to education is important. Having that knowledge, knowing that, if the city doesn't respond and they're allotted time, it's it's just considered a rejection of the grievance. Yep. If we drop the ball and we don't respond in time, the grievance is over by I mean uh, so they need to be able to, you know, follow a timeline, like you said. That's that's it happens all the time. You know, we get somebody like, Hey, I had this go on. Oh man, they screwed up, you need to file the grievance. When did it happen? Well, it was about two months ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. sorry. Yeah. It was on Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And that was January 4th, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So a couple other things, I think. So I, I think the contract or collective bargaining agreement, first and foremost, your constitution bylaws. Another thing, fire department, SOGs, EMS protocols, general orders, all those things come into the mix too, right? Because, mm-hmm. hey, are they, are they violating things or do they come out with a new general order or a SOG that violates the contract, right? That, that happens too. Um, so I think those are important within the fire department structure. Also speaking of fire department structure, like who do you go to to maybe try to resolve the problem, right? Um, you know, in a smaller organization, it might be easy just to go talk to the fire chief. Dave, you give some examples in yours, like like who do you call? Like, hey, um, I'm assigned at the wrong firehouse today. Don't you just call Pat Cleary at home at 2 in the morning? <laughs> you just call Cleary at 2 in the morning the entire time. No, I, that could be different. I mean, for Chicago, it's if you're sent to the wrong firehouse, they've taken care of that. Yeah. Through manpower, the, the officer, the chief's going to take care of that because if you're at the wrong house, some house is short. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of, we have minimum manning. So, I mean, but there's times you all end up going to a firehouse and then they'll say, oh, you were supposed to go here. Right. <laughs> and you get there and they were like, no, you're supposed to be there. Right. <laughs> But like Trouble it, having a hundred firehouses. Just go to the bar at that point. Like <laughs> yeah. you're done. But yeah. yeah, I mean, how do you guys advance everything? Like walk us through, like, you know, so you got somebody at engine, whatever that wants to file something, the stewards there. How, how does it work for you guys to see if we can pare it down to some of these smaller locals? Well, with us, it de- depends on what it is. Let's say somebody's passed over for overtime. I mean, you know, we got to do the research, find out through telestaff, and we have a rehire list we got to refer to. Right. Uh, usually the, re- the official rehire list comes out a month later, uh, which one thing is we get more of a leeway because, you know, I got passed over on the 4th of January. Well, we won't know until technically until February. A lot of times you can call manpower and, 
you know, hey, there was a mistake made. Right. Uh, well, yeah, and they'll generally handle it, right? That, and that's where it's that's what a steward like, does. Hey, yes. Hey, I make the phone call. Well, you'll the steward will get in touch with the BA, the business agent for that district, and he'll call Manpower. Or, okay. Because we're there's a Manpower person for every district, so you you've get some type of rapport with him, or or we call Buckus and say, hey, Buckus, get on the ball at two in the morning. Right. No, he is. <laughs> you, you think you get cussed out during the day? <laughs> Call him at two in the morning. Yeah. yeah, but you guys are that. I think as as Luke was saying before, just that conduit of saying, "What do we? Oh, yeah. What do we do next?" Yeah, yeah you yeah. might. I mean, in some of the stuff, you know, in in smaller places or whatever, you might go to the fire chief. You might go to a battalion chief. Battalion chief might be the first in line to try to resolve something. And again, yeah. I think anything that you know, there's going to be mistakes made. So can we? We get it resolved at the lowest level possible, and if it doesn't, then you then you move it up the chain. But like your HR, your human resources, they might uh, or payroll. You know, um, you know, you might call that finance department within your organization, and they can maybe make that correction. Yeah. But um, well, also just you know. to your point, though, um, kind of monitoring at that time. We've been talking about a lot of the qualities, a lot of the the um, you know the grievance steps, or knowing the contract, etc. I think one of the most important jobs for a union steward, if you were going to address it, is, you know, what happens when the union steward is there and on the other side of the shop floor, the, you know, non-bargaining unit individual wants to start talking to a guy about a call that took place, the shift before, et cetera, right? So being able to get involved and represent an individual in the moment is one of the reasons why a steward exists like, wait, hold on a second here. Are you talking to this person about discipline or making a quick phone call here, et cetera. I mean, I've, I've actually been on the phone with a union steward and a bargaining unit member that got pulled in in front of the fire chief as it's happening. Literally. I'm like, well, put me on speakerphone. And they're like in the chief's office because that steward knew enough to say, wait a minute, man, this is about to go sideways. I have to go. So there's a lot of like in the moment, like critical thinking that stewards are responsible for as well. Um, I, I've seen that multiple times. It's fun. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, the other thing we I kind of maybe thinking we could hit a little more detail on them a little bit later, but the different rights. Yes. You know, what rights do firefighters have? You know, the wine gardener and wine garden, fireman's disciplinary act here in Illinois. That's, you know, unique yes. to our state. Um, those are just different things that you, you need to be aware of. And then the board of police and fire commissioner rules or civil service yeah. rules for, for testing. Um, everybody <laughs> testing, likes, huh? yeah, yeah. Everybody likes promotions, They're, right? Promotions and, are not an issue for Chicago, local two in no. Chicago fire department. Regularly, never been, yeah. never, been. never been, but, but that's a situation too. You can hear a lot of oh, complaints absolutely. about, right. Absolutely. But it might not be violating the contract either, but knowing how those processes work, how they intersect, um, those are a, a couple of good things. And then another thing, past practice. Oh. I, I just throw that one. Oh there. God. Just, I think I just vomited in yeah, my so mouth a little bit. Like where do we go with that? Do you, do you understand what a past practice is? What does it mean? Yeah. You know, um, I don't know who wants to jump on that. Well, I mean, past practice could be tough. That's when the lawyers really make their money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jerry's, Jerry's salivating right now. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Turn, turn the spigot yeah. on. Uh, past practices are some of the most difficult grievances that you will ever do. Right. And, and, um, you know, but there's, there's different types of, you know, I guess in a place in as vast as, as the city, it's like, well, this is how maybe this house has always done it, or this is how this was done. And then there's actually past practices to what, 
uh, portions of the collective bargaining agreement or what the contract means. But stewards really are, I think, a first line of understanding of what that past practice is because, you know, past practice doesn't have to be, oh, well, this is how Local 2 or this is how, you know, Local 56 has done it for 24 years. It can be something like, well, we've done this every day for the last eight months, you know, something along those lines. And it's the steward that you're going to most likely come in and potentially testify to. Tell me about the history. So so in, on January 4th of 2023, you started doing X. Here we are in January 4th of 2024 or something like that. And it is the stewards who are kind of the gatekeepers to that and oftentimes have to testify as to the reality of the situation. Again, sometimes locals that have 12, 13 guys, it's a little bit different, but there's a lot of locals, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 guys, you know, and it's, it's a little bit different, right? So I, I would agree with that very much. Yeah. And I mean, just to, to further pile on it, it has to be consistent and it has to be done. It can't be shift A did it this way, but shift yeah. B did it another way. Shift C did it another way. Right. It has to be a consistent practice laid, brought down through all shifts and, yeah. and everybody handled it the same way. Cause we get a lot of past practice. Well, tell me what the past practice is. Well, three weeks ago they let Jerry do this. Like, cool, but that's, that's not, not a past like practice. A past practice. That's just yeah. an anomaly. It's just exception yeah. to the general rule. And turning that on its head, like in, in the inverse is it is the stewards who make sure that the past practice is done on all three shifts. Right. So a lot of times it does fall to the steward because I don't care what anybody says. You can go off the rails very quickly. You can have three different fire departments, black, red, and gold, right? 100%. And so it is really the stewards that make sure that those operations or the way that those uh, those things are, certain things are applied is the same for black, red, and gold or, you know, whatever. I think, what do you guys, what is it? You use red, Probably second, gold. and third. No, we yeah. don't have color. I thought you had like a color. Wasn't there like a blue in there or something? Yeah. That was just Luke's or uh, Chuck's amazing Three quarters of polo. That's the blue. We were Still thinking about. about it. Still thinking about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I another thing on a past practice too, and this might not necessarily fall at the steward level, but some I learned early on too. The stewards might be involved in, but it might get more on the board level. But sometimes a grievance might you might file it just to get it on record, so that later on, absolutely, it might become contract language. Yes. You know, you have it on record. Hey, we've had this issue with this. You might not push it along. So like a, an issue with past practice, you know, it, it might've gone along for 24 years and it's been fine. And now you got a new fire chief. So now he wants to kind of like mess with it or whatever. Well, you might sometimes get these things in play to, you know, lead up to the next negotiations or whatever like that. So, you know, these grievances, they're, they're a tool in the toolbox, right? Sometimes they're just resolving uh, a pertinent issue with like payroll or an assignment or whatever it may be. But then too, longer term, you know, you consistently show that, hey, I've had a problem. You know, this could get to your level, Jerry, too, as an attorney. Hey, they, they, they've had 10 grievances on this issue. I and, had you know, a how do we? How do we, you know, it could, it could end up at arbitration. Then here, here's, we have this record, this longstanding problem of this issue, and here's how we got to solve I, it. I literally, I, it's, it's weird. This morning, uh, before I drove over for the podcast, I just had an employer withdraw uh, from an arbitration schedule for the following week on that exact same issue. Uh, there, in, 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 in August of 2020, there was a grievance filed over a uniform allowance provision. And the question was, uh, there was just an issue of what this uniform allowance language means. In August of 2020, there was a steward, this is on the law police side, there's a law enforcement uh, filed a grievance. Um, they had the resolution. It was like the HR director, this, 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 writes it out, prepping for this grievance, Lo and behold, they hand it to me three years later. 
I sent it to the employer attorney. He's like, oh yeah, we're done. Like the, you guys win. Like you're done. Like literally that just happened. Uh, I'm going to go with four hours ago at this point in time. So that is like the gatekeeper of, of how this went. Um, they had no idea that in August of 2020, a new HR director, new attorney, new whatever would come in and try this again. Here you go. Here's going to be exhibit one in front of this arbitrator. So I think there are, are absolutely demonstrable real world examples of what you just said that that has worked in the past for sure. Um, yeah. So I think did a pretty good job on like, Hey, knowledge in this and, and, wh- and what you're looking at. Um, I'm looking at Dave's stuff on the table here. All right. So you know, pretty handy a, dandy. Yeah. Why don't you plug that book right I'm there? A, I'm a steward. So what are, what are some resources that I can have at my disposal to besides the AFFI's incredible training refer? Yeah. And yeah. you know, um, like I said, we're going to try to build a little spot on our webpage for this. But hey, what what can we what, what can we access to well, help us? Recently, one of the board members, uh, Tony Snyder, found just going through stuff, found something, and it's called the Union Stewards Field Book, and it's a pocket guide to dealing with management. And it's run by a man named Randy Spegg. Yeah, Randy uh, Spegg, nice guy. Yeah, it's yeah. about thirty pages long, thirty-five pages long. It's a small pocket book. S-P-E-E-G is his last name. But we were looking through it. It's a great yeah, guy, awesome. like practical, f- yes. fantastic anyway, advice. Well, so executive board purchased them, and I made sure every steward have one, and I still have some left over for any new stewards that come on it. It gives you checklists under different things. It talks about the wine gardener rights. gives you a Magic questions to ask, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yes, absolutely. That would be a really great book that every steward anywhere should have. Yes. It's, it's a really just... And it's, it's like fireman friendly. It's, I think it's like 25, 30 pages. Yes. Uh, so it's not war and peace here. No, very friendly. Yes. Yeah. You yes. can read in between naps. You can, <laughs> you can read in between studying for a promotional examination yes. with your eyes closed. Yes. You can, you can, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is a, that was, a, that's a fantastic, yes. but how did Tony, where did he find you? Just kidding. I don't know. It's just eight. The Googles or something? Yeah. The magic? No, well, he actually found a book somewhere. Do you think he's Randy? Is that his pen name? No. Is he Randy? <laughs> he's got a fake author name. He's got name. a fake author name. So, yeah. uh, but that actually is, again, the Union Stewards Field book, Randy Spieg, S-P-E-E-G. Um, really a good, comprehensive one size. Like, just really, you know, it's not specific to firemen, but it really yes. is specific to Steward qualities, union yeah. rights, checklist, things you should be walking, watching for. Uh, a pretty good uh, uh, field manual there. Yeah. I, so when I did a little research on it, I was, we needed to buy 150 of them. We were trying to find a place to get them. I wanted them tomorrow when it was given to me. I yeah. actually did want it the next day if possible. And I found a guy. I emailed him. And he says, no, you got to get them through Amazon. So you talked to Randy? You emailed Randy? Yes. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah, you can get them right on I just Facebook. Yeah. yeah, Amazon, too. You can get them for like five bucks, six They're bucks. The five bucks, weird thing is you can only buy 100 of them. Really? Yes. So the, the union purchased 100 of them. I had to purchase 50 of them under my account. Right. Just because when they tried to buy 50 the next day, they said, oh, you already bought 100. Really? Weird. Yeah. All right. Maybe he's afraid he management's going to get a hold of it. Know all of his, <laughs> know all of his secrets. I mean, he returned the email right away. I, yeah. I, I Googled his name. And Does he retire? Like, what was his background? Was he like an operating engineer or uh, something? He's actually a steward for the uh, commercial food workers union. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So, UCFW? Yeah, so, yeah, he's uh, yeah United Food and Commercial Workers. And so, an author. Not yeah. just of yeah. this book. Yeah, he's also an author of other uh, things. Too. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's a series of union labor-related romance novels. 
is yeah, what he, he wrote. He's yeah, he's really, like a fictional author yes. on the other side of the coin there. So, yeah. um, but That's yeah, fantastic. But yeah, again, we we've talked about. It. I think it's a, a good little book there. Um, so another thing, you got a binder. Oh, so yeah. you can go old school and have a yeah. binder, right? Or yes. obviously, a lot of people have been putting, creating little files and putting yeah. them on either a website yeah. or your like a Google account for your local. But yes. I think having some of the stuff that he has together in a binder is a pretty good thing to put together. This for is a, a super cool. Yeah. yeah, if you can kind of walk through the different chapters, because this is nice. And you, I think you guys hand it out to every steward gets one of these super handy dandy. Yeah, in the in the past we've done it. Uh, two years ago, I still had some laying. We still had some laying around, so we passed them out to the new ones. And a few have been replaced. Now there's none. Are we going to do it? I don't because it's all on our website. Yeah. So. Uh, well, regardless each, of whether yeah. it's paper or it's online, yes. this is the resource for the oh, steward. Absolutely. And I see it the covers, some- you know, section one, grievance, forms, you know, release of records, payroll deduction stuff, everything. You know, yeah, no, two, you have general orders in there, like some of the se- top ten. Yeah, yeah, section two is general order and talks about investigations, what an IR is, how we represent people. Uh, in three, it talks about what your rights are. You know, we try to tell people. If the chief comes up to you and says, hey, I need you guys to write a form two of what happened, the incident, you know, you're entitled to union representation. Right. You know, is uh, one of the big things we've always said is if what I write or say, can it bring discipline upon me or any other member? You better have a union person there. Correct. Because, I mean, the city will hang you if they can. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you might not be necessarily the... Like oh. the problems over here, yes. But then, what you write in your statement, or you, or you talk about, you might get yourself in trouble. Yes. You know, yes. like you, you're not even the. No. Yeah, I mean, that's Chris, never Chris happened is one before. That, Chris yeah. is one that broke the rule, but then yeah. I wrote down, oh, I broke a rule too, and I and I yeah. write it in my statement. Well, now they got me yeah. too. You well, know, did right? you see Chris do it? Yeah. Well, we always do it. Yeah. <laughs> but you have some good, like I'm, yeah. you know, when when I listen, to, so you have even things of like you know, substance abuse hotlines. Yes. Uh, pension fund information because yes. guys have a pension yes. question and they know how to we find a, whole a steward. Section on a whole section pension. on that yeah. stuff. We have yeah. a whole section on pension. Talk about our. We don't call it e- EAP. We call it UMAP because yeah. it's for any union member in Chicago. Retirees can stay in our union. So yeah. we have our own. The union has an EAP program, and it's for all union members and and their family. But so we did call it UMAP for union member. Um, it. Talks about the St. Florian product, about random testing. Yeah, you drug know, and alcohol it, testing. Yeah, and you know what? So while you're on that, I know we'll get back to this resource book, but I think it's important to talk about this. We talked earlier about the steward being, uh, you know, having the relationship with the guys and gals and, and, and being that conduit. People are going to come to you with their well, problems. Hey, absolutely. I need help. And right. knowing where to send them yeah. is hugely important. So, you, you, know, we, you know, we've hit a lot on these grievances and these other things, but... I think this is probably, you know, unfortunately getting a little more common. Like guys are having uh, issues with mental health Family, and things like that. Family, substance issues. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, can I get them somewhere before it becomes a bigger yes. problem, you know? And I think if you're a respected steward or union board member or anything in that firehouse or on that shift, they're going to come to you yes. and, and knowing where to get them. Because if you can't get them to the right place, something worse might happen. You yes. Know? Well, one of the things I used to always like to do is periodically I would like to remind people about EAP and all the avenues, different avenues, whether it be through the city, the union, you know, private insurance, private. Yeah. yeah. All the stuff available for them. 
But then the thing is, sometimes Stuart has to get ahead of the game. And what I would do is anytime there was an incident, you know, if somebody, if, if we heard someone at a different firehouse, hey, they flunked a random test. I could, it was something I could bring up. Hey, guys, look, you got yeah. problems, you know. You don't single the person out at roll call. Give everyone the pamphlet. Give everyone a card. Yeah. Hey, it's hanging on the bulletin board. One thing about it is in our contract, we have around that every firehouse is supposed to have a union bulletin board. Right. So uh, every member, every steward has been given the wine gardener rights and the garrity rights laminated, put it on the board, you know, who to call when you're moving and stuff, your change of address. You'd be surprised how many people don't register a newborn child. Right. But, you know, I Because life this, gets in the way. Yeah. I tell stewards, hey, if someone, someone at your house, someone in your battalion has a kid, you know it. First thing you should tell them is, hey, look, make sure you get that kid registered. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, you, you know, sometimes you got to. But firemen are procrastinators. The, what? <laughs> the hell you say? Um, but I, I like the idea of the steward book and the steward guide because it seems so obvious, but you don't see it very often. And also what it does is, like you said, you guys have like, I know you like your top whatever general orders or different stuff or the drug and alcohol policy. It helps a steward find it directly in that moment. You don't need like 15, 20 minutes to like, now you're trying to go your way. Where are our SOPs in the firehouse or what drive is it on? And then you're going through, you're like, wait, what chapter is that again? Like, it's all just kind of like right there. So as you're interacting with somebody in real time that needs help, it's like, oh, here, like, boom, here's the general order. You don't need the 20 minutes to go find the general order. Like, it sounds so... um it just sounds so elementary, but it, it in the in the real moment, in real time, it's super helpful to just have all of that at the at the base of your fingertips. You know, it's like it's every union steward should have a like a manual like that. You know, and the book by Randy Speed. Yes, there you go. Yeah, I think it's uh, perfect. The IFF also has a steward's guide. Uh, we talked a little bit. It's it is kind of dated, but I mean, there's still useful information. Yeah, there. for sure. Um, so. Yeah, any I think any way you can put together some resources, um, you know, and you know, for everybody listening to this, you know, if there's union board members listening, presidents, secretary, treasurers, vice presidents, hey, help help your stewards put this together. If you don't have some resource like this, get it uh, again before you need it, so you're not looking around and trying to figure it out when something happens. Chris, you got any? No, other I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of the of the binder. Well, yes. We talk about it in collective bargaining class. We talk about it in the stewards track. I mean, and you it, you can build on it as you go. I mean, how many years do you think it took Chicago to build that? I mean, that it, well, it, they just didn't do it overnight. No, it's been built over years. Yeah, and, and I I created one in Pekin when I was when I was union or union president, and it can be as simple as having your contract. Having your wine garden rights, ten tenets to just cause, your constitution and bylaws, and the yeah. board, the, police and fire commission yeah. rules and regs, employers, policies, of it, and discipline. It, yeah, the rest of it you can you can find. You know, hey, like we talked about earlier, hey, sit down. I'll, I, we'll yeah. we'll find it together if you need to find the you know what happens if a guy fails a drug test or hey you, we need to get you in touch with the center for excellence or for whatever. All right, let's okay. sit down. We I'll help guide you through this. Is a is a union steward, but the other ones, if you can have at the tip of your finger to know, hey, yeah. you got to meet the just cause standards, chief. 
show me in this where and any you met any of these ten. Can you articulate for me the reasonable reasonable suspicion that you have right now? Right, and then they're right, just staring right. at you with a little. Yeah, what reasonable suspicion training did you take yeah. to determine that it's yeah. reasonable what, suspicion? What identifiable yeah. phenomena are you articulating to us right now? Right, but sure. you can do it as a bare minimum and then build build on it. But those are some of the things that that should absolutely be there. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of having the shift stewards have those in their hand yeah. because again, flip to page four. Here's the article you violated, Chief. I mean, yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Here's or, how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Or discipline. Hey, you, you know, show me which one of these tenants is just cause. Exactly. He so. he he did. Because you're going to have to testify to it later. Right. Right. A hundred percent. So I mean, it's it's good to have that at your fingertips. Yeah. I love theirs. That's and, awesome. And building on to what Luke said, and any board members that are out there, any elected officials or stewards, if this is something you don't have and you're trying to get it. Reach out to Luke. Reach out to me. You know, if you reach out, to, we can help guide you. I mean, you're I mean, right. I mean, even if someone, even if you had the like, even if you page. shared the table of contents, yes, and absolutely. then they sat there and said, "Well, I'm going to take, you know, the sure. Sugar Grove version of this yeah, and make it." According your, I mean, it's it it's just really it's not rocket scientists and difficult no. to put this thing together. Yeah. If you're in them positions and you can't follow this, just the table of contents to build your own. Yeah, probably. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're not the one for. You the should job. probably come to one of our educational <laughs> yeah. seminars. Yes, yes. You, you'll definitely need the education. As Judge Schmales would say, next month. the world needs ditch diggers too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the other thing about putting these resources together, like we're talking, hey, you want to know your contract, you want to know your constitution bylaws. Well, these are the top hit things you should know about yes. too. So if you put it together, you're more likely to look at it, understand it. And I, I mean, I, I know we're in a technology age, but having a binder, you, you might yeah. actually sit there and read it, right? Yes. You know, and because if I got to go on the computer and I got to pull that file, I mean, I think that's what most people are, would yes. do now, which is fine. But if you have a binder, it puts in front of them, and I think it encourages them to look at it and go I through I think it. a paper binder and a steward's locker, you'd be surprised. I understand that we're all about, you know, computers and Google Drives and all sorts of stuff, but you'd be surprised how fast it is. Instead of flipping through your phone, it's like you walk to the – you literally walk to your locker, pull that out. It's page 24. I right. mean, it's it's much sometimes much faster, oddly enough, yes. to do that. Yeah. Well, this, this is good if you want to read and learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you need to – the one good thing about the technology is – you can look for keywords. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. dad'll bring search it up. It. Yeah. But for learning, I, yes. yeah, it's much better. I mean, with daily. Right. But it, and there's like you say, you flip it open to page twelve and you point at Richard here's J. what it Richard says. J. Here's what it says. This is why you're right, right or you're wrong. Yeah. And it's yeah. much more it powerful demonstrably than, than your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like Let me pull my phone up and get my cheaters yeah. and show you exactly yeah. where where it is. You know, when you that literally you can put your hand on it and go, this sentence right here is where yeah. the problem is. Um, another like resource too, I guess with you know, staying on the technology thing is the FFI webpage, the IFF webpage, your locals webpage, and then getting into the social media. I think you should be a part of all that. Um, that way you stay connected with what's going on. Um, you, you know, information, you know, about events that are happening or, or things of that nature. So, you know, with social media that ties you to everything, you don't necessarily got to go to the website. If you have to go to the website, that social media is going to bring you there. Um, so I think that's just another important resource. I think it, you can stay up to speed on things, uh, especially in today's day and age and cool podcasts like this, I think are, are, are definitely worth it. Remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else do you guys got that I think would be helpful to steward? Any any other thoughts? I mean, no. Attend the attend the trainings. Yeah. Uh, jump in with both feet. Get 
get your binder put together, know your contract, know the rules and regs, know what your members' rights are. And again, just be a good listener, be open and honest with them. Don't bullshit them that, hey, I'm going to get you out of this. No, be able to right. look them in the eye and go, no, dude, you messed up. We're going to minimize the damage. We're going to make sure it's fair and you're going to move on. Or, yeah, you're right. We're it's, taking this one to the limit. Another thing is make sure you don't help spread or start rumors. Oh, God. Actually, your job is to squash them. Your job is to squash them. <laughs> yes. You yeah. know, good, good union stewards are, are like, they're like the old school, a good union steward are, are they're like the straw bosses, yeah. right? I mean, exactly that. And now, you know, you're, you're in this day and age. I think like the last thing, we kind of really keep going back to the qualities. Sometimes it, there's these intangible, you know, don't be afraid to speak up. Realize when somebody is getting uh, razzed maybe a little too hard at the table. Uh, understand, you know, we, this is 2024. It's not 1974. We have females on the job. We have people of color. Like just realize like at the table, you're like, well, all right, that we're not going to talk about that anymore. Like uh-huh. a steward really is this like intangible, like this straw boss quality of you are the person that's going to look at everybody and say, that wasn't funny. It's enough now. We're good. You know, it, there's a lot of that. So we, we just spent 50 minutes of constant talking over everything a steward needs to know. Rules, regulations, policies, the contracts, when to realize this guy's had enough at the firehouse, when to address pre-address, which was a great point of a guy on this shift, uh, you know, someone on another shift may have had an issue do you, does, if anybody needs help, you know, that type of stuff and doing it in this way that you command respect, it, it's really a difficult job, yeah. man. It's a difficult job. So, and, and going on that point, people have thinner skin, especially the, you know, people have people. thinner skin this yes. day. Things that, sure. I mean, for I'm sure. 60 years old. I'm 62. I'll be 63 next month. I mean, things that I went through nowadays, these kids don't want it. You know, I mean, they got quiet time for people nowadays. Yeah. I mean, so their th- skin is thinner and you might stuff that might have been able to get pushed this far 20 years ago. You can't push. Yeah, the far. world has definitely, no. definitely yes. changed. There's yeah, no yeah. doubt. And regardless of whether or not we want to, you know, the good old days or bad old days, etc. The reality of the situation is exactly what you just said. And stewards really are the first line of defense of stopping that investigation from happening into your own members based on certain conduct that is unacceptable in 2024. 100%. Well, I I think a good way to sum that up just in like a fire service term is situational awareness. Yes. Like, you know, you use it on the fire ground, but you use it in the firehouse. Like, Hey, hey, this, this, this conversation isn't going right. Or, you know, the situational awareness that, you know, this, these other things are happening in the firehouse that could lead to a grievance or a problem. You know, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of there paying attention to everything that's going on. And, and that's why they're elected at a a shift or a station level, because they're in all the different places and they, they, they're going to see those things and hear those things. Yeah. It's a good point because it's hard to prove a negative, right? So if a good union steward um, does their job well, you'll never be able to quantify how many disciplinary investigations or lawsuits or discipline that you avoided, right? Because you stopped it and it didn't happen, right? So it's just, it's hard to prove a negative, but it's necessary. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, One other thing I want to kind of hit on, I guess, and we can just brush over it uh, because obviously we can go down a rabbit hole with it, but uh, DFR, do for fair rep. You know, um, what do you you have to do? Um, What do we want to avoid? You guys can chime in, but you know, as a steward, you are a rep. 
Yes. And, and you're that first line rep. So you got to make sure you're doing these things fairly for everybody. Can you touch oh, Jerry? Man. Like maybe the, the easiest way to start is when it comes to providing legal services for, for a local to provide legal services for a member. That's a question that gets asked a lot. Like, Hey, is I'm in trouble. The union going to get me an attorney. I, I well, not always, but like, when do you recommend that maybe you should be brought into the loop or whoever I, their legal I representation think, is? I think from a steward point of view, and Deb, you've had 20 years of experience, so please, I mean, more than I would. I think from a steward point of view, a steward has to constantly remember that we're all bargaining unit members. So the dues paying member who's the annoying sack of shit that just sits in the lazy boy and throws grenades and hates everything does have the same right of representation as the solid guy who never complains, loves the job, could win a popularity contest hands down. The hard part about what stewards and what uh, on the union, what you do is you got to remember that it's not that popularity contest. Um, so for stewards, every member has a right to be represented fairly, independently, transparent, no matter whether they are male, female, identify as whatever they want to identify, people of color, white people, Native Americans, whatever, uh, whether they're popular or unpopular. And I think a steward always has to keep that in the back of their mind because you don't want to be the union steward that jumps in on the joke and beats up on the guy. Or you don't want to be the union steward that's sitting there saying, yeah, this guy really is a lazy dog ass piece of shit. Like, what are we doing here? Right. Like, you don't want to do that because those people have rights to representation. And that's what makes unions so beautiful and powerful is that we're all in this together. Some people are just more motivated than others. Right. Um, so in terms of duty of fair representation, you could have situations where stewards and, and depending on how far it goes, locals could get themselves into a little bit of a trick bag because from the outset it was predetermined or we're this grievant, you know, screw this guy. He, this guy's a mutt and now all of a sudden he wants uh, his $40 copay back. You know, it doesn't have, one doesn't have anything to do with the other, right? Um, we see that a lot in terms of promotions, uh, in terms of of discipline, uh, et cetera, each case rises and falls on its own in its own fashion. So um, looking at things objectively is the most important and the hardest thing to do. And I, you, you, you know, would Dave, you, like you said, you've been doing it for two decades. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, one of the good things we have is uh, we have an in-house lawyer. So there's a lot of times we could bring him up as right. things are transpired. You do call George again at two o'clock in the morning. As well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As things are transpiring before it gets too far, yes. you know, uh, but, uh, oh, you, you got to, regardless, Re you got to fairly represent them. And it's hard. Like uh, one guy's like pro Trump and I should be able to bring my rocket launcher to the firehouse. And then one guy's like, no, I no melt all weapons down and yes. create housing for the homeless. And you like literally are sitting at the table and you can see how that spirals off into different things. And. It's just a lot. Right. You always hear yeah. people say, take the name out of it. Take the name out yes. of it. It's probably and, and the that's, best. And that's not always easy. And it no. is hard when you work at a station with somebody else because you do know their personality. You do know everything else. But at the end of the day, you do. Right. It's just like looking at contract language. You got to look at it as black and white. Yeah. It's what If it's disciplined, is what they did wrong? Okay, yeah. How wrong was it and what is fair? 
going forward yeah. or if yeah no you know but they, i think they you, were right i yeah. think you said it the best. i think you basically were able to put into a one sentence nutshell everything i just droned on about the last <laughs> five minutes which really is i really mean that which is take the name out of it yes take the name out of it if, if a good steward if a union steward want you want to talk about dfr beefs uh, or potential for that take the name out of it and i yeah. think you'll be 80 percent there yeah. that's one of my two catchphrases is take the name out of it or read the room yeah, like, yeah, you know, sometimes when it gets spiraling, yeah. you're like, stop. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, what do you mean? Let, let, no, like, read the room, dude. Read the room. If you wait until the firehouse, everybody at the kitchen table goes, yeah. like, yeah, then we've yeah. already crossed that yeah. line. If somebody you know, looks at you and goes, far. how about those bears? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Read, yeah. Read the room. Yeah. You know when it's time to stop. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's those things. And There's eight people sitting at the kitchen table, and all of a sudden, six get up and walk out. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or one of the other two guys farted. We're not really sure. It's either. Problem. It's either right. Yeah. It's either what we've been able in 56 minutes, we've been able to say is it's either farting or duty of fair representation. <laughs> yeah. That's all you really need to know about being a steward. That's yeah, it. Skip yeah. the rest of the podcast. Skip the rest right? of the podcast. Yeah. So uh, just a last piece on that. And it, it's rare in our ranks in the fire service and in, in AFFI and the IFF and the union, but there is non-members out there too. And they're, you know, per Janice they're they are uh, uh, provided the same representation level as anybody else would be. Um, I think there's only last I knew there's might like six in the whole state or 10. Yeah. yeah it's, it's low. It's oh. very low, but so it's not something you really got to worry about, but just be aware if yeah. you're, if you're a steward yeah. and in a local and you do have that, you got to provide the same representation to yeah. that as well. That is um, a very difficult thing. Yeah. To and I know in Chicago it was down to single digits. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Even yeah. before Janice, I mean, it was in the teens. Yeah. Because of the things that we were offering. True testament to everything that uh, how good organizations are run, whether, you know, we have locals that are f- three, four members and you have this massive local, too. And, you know, you've got double digits in the state, low, like 10 people in the state yeah. or something that are Janus members. I mean, if that's not the ultimate compliment to what we're trying to say here, I don't know what is. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so. Um, I don't know if you guys got any other things we kind of missed. No, I think we mauled by a tiger. Awesome. Yeah, get in. Chuck, come on. You're adorable. <laughs> I, I know we could get into. Who's I, he? Yeah, who's <laughs> this guy? Oh, I was here from the first episode. What a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we could get into a bunch of hypothetical questions, but this happens on a, I wouldn't say fairly regular, but maybe regular basis in that. Um, Jerry is the steward. Joe comes to Jerry and says, hey, Jim, pull the knife on me in the truck bay. We were fucking arguing. Um, Things didn't go well, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what to do. Um, You explain to him what you're supposed to, what I'm asking you. And then Joe leaves, and within 30 seconds, Jim comes to you (laughs) and says, I want representation. I just got a knife pulled on me. So how do you... Yeah, we've we've had to deal with that in the past. First of all, that union steward should just take a breath and contact the union president if it's a smaller local, et cetera, you know, immediately. And you know what we also try to do then is, is because everybody has that right to representation. You don't know what happened and who pulled the knife on whom. Then you need to bifurcate that and isolate that immediately. Like, okay, wait, hold off a second here. This is what I was told by these two members 
we now need really two other individuals to come in, handle both of these guys, because what really have you done? You've now made yourself a witness, right? Un unwillingly, like you didn't want to make yourself a witness, but you're like, I had two members tell me completely different sides of the story. I'm now going to make notification. Both of these guys are going to need representation. I can't represent either one of these guys because I'm now a witness and we don't know what the truth is, which is usually somewhere in the middle, right? Absolutely. So in situations like that, a union steward has to be aware to not make the situation worse and to make those notifications to a George Robinson, if you were lucky enough to have in-house counsel or contact your union president, vice president, et cetera, to say, I'm not going to make this worse. Is everybody safe? We're all, are we, are we good here? Like the guy isn't holding the knife, right? You know, et cetera. And, and go from there. And where a steward can get themselves into trouble is you might have a duty as a steward to, to report that, right? So what happens if you're the union steward and somebody comes to you and says, there's an active ongoing situation right now where inside the firehouse, somebody told me that they were just assaulted by somebody else. Do you think you need to notify the on-duty battalion? Yeah. Are you going to have problems if you don't? Yeah. So you have union stewards at some times that are acting as an employee that was just be made aware of an ongoing situation. And as a union, as a union steward that this just happened to, right? So you're done. Like you're done. You now have to make notification to those other executive board members and stewards to come in and to straighten everything out, make sure everybody's represented. But you now have issues of whether or not you are an employee and you have a duty to make the situation safe to say this is what happened. Um, and then you are potentially a witness in any hearing of, well, what was said to you here, here and here. Right. So it is it, it's. It's a, it's difficult in these hypotheticals because they're so fact specific, but to your point, which is a very, very good hypothetical, you can see how fast these things can spin off and it's like, holy shit, that, that accelerated quickly. Right. And you have to have, I think, as Chris was saying, that situational awareness to be able to say, this is my role right now. This is my responsibility as an employee. What do I have to do? Um, as a, um, you know, as do we have to make sure that the scene is safe, so to speak? And then do I have to make notifications so that people are represented properly? Right. I mean, it's, it's, that's a fun one. And we've dealt with those situations. Sure. Yeah, we've yeah. had those. I was just trying to get to the point where both members deserve union yes. representation. No doubt about it. Right? Yes. No doubt about it. Both members deserve absolute union representation. There is no right, wrong, or indifferent. I mean, you could have the situation, like you said, which is, Let's say that the one guy was telling the truth, like the other guy really did pull a knife on him and he was just the innocent victim that wanted to talk about, you know, his, you know, I don't know, pro-gun uh, stance, who cares, whatever, insert cultural war topic here, um, you know, that, but both of those members deserve the representation. One, to make sure that that person's safe and protected, et cetera. And the other individual to make sure that their Weingarten, their Garrity rights are protected, et cetera. Just because someone might be guilty of something or engaged in a behavior doesn't mean that they should not get, excuse my double negative, representation, right? It Does the penalty fit the crime? Is there a off-duty mental issue or a medication issue which they acted the way that they did? Um, should they get a written reprimand? Should they be terminated? But yes, everybody deserves that representation for sure. Right. That's the, the steward having the ability to take that deep breath and not make a 
rash decision. Make, make a knee-jerk reaction. Because we know 90% of the time when somebody makes a re- knee-jerk reaction, what is it? It's wrong. Yes. Right? It's it's before you get the whole story. Um, you don't get both sides of the story. So, I mean, it just comes back to, like, those those traits you look for in a in a steward, like we talked about at the very beginning. That ability to be to be able to comprehend what's going on and be able to go, okay, time out. Let's all take a deep breath. Let's look at this right. and find out let's let's do this right and go down the right road same as whether it's a grievance or it's a bitch like you talked about earlier yes have that ability to be able to like tap the brakes take a deep breath all right now let's look at this take the names out of it let's look at it globally all right let's move forward and see what yes. we need to do to no do one, it right no one is ever going to get themselves into trouble by sitting there and protecting people's rights and getting themselves their own representation it's i mean that's just right no one's going to come in and be like well yeah f- you know, you fucking fuck that one up i mean it's just not going to exist right right so, yeah and you guys have had some uh <laughs> firehouse doozies or like oh, yeah. set of boxing you know, rings uh, at some points yeah <laughs> you know chuck's jim and joe i just say stay away from jim and joe i mean that's and jerry yeah. if we want to sure. be uh talking about it but yeah. yeah i mean sometimes too we forget Jerry kind of hit on it as an employee too. A lot of union reps as well are company officers. Yes. And you you have your responsibility in that realm too, you know, and, and to navigate those waters, sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes you got to pull yourself out of it and get other people in to deal with the situation. Um, Like you said, you know, that is a point. I mean, and again, not to get like too deep in the weeds, but it's pretty interesting, you know, it, it sometimes it's not your job, and, and again, with all the experience that you guys have had, it's not your job to. I'm going to do anything I can, at all costs, to get my member out of all trouble, zero discipline, etc. I mean, sometimes you have somebody who pulls the knife. There's something wrong, right? Like you can't do that in a labor and employment setting. I mean, it's that. So sometimes it's just it is a matter of hold on a second here. Uh, this guy did engage in this activity. Um, you know, why is there a reason? Is there a way to rehabilitate this? You know, not everybody sometimes should, not everybody should have the privilege of being a police officer or a firefighter, right? I mean, sometimes there's just some bent nails out there, right? So, uh, you know, you got to learn how to navigate that process too. Yeah. I mean, discipline at points is right. It's just, and it's it a, should happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, we did a discipline podcast like early on with yes. Steve Denolfo. Um, suggest you refer back to that, and then maybe we do another one, uh, bounce off of this, and add some more to it. But um, yeah, Just I tell think, war stories and yeah, how yeah, oh, war oh, stories. Horrifying! Yeah, awesome. Put a bottle of bourbon in front of <laughs> Dave here and be like, "Give us your top five. Like, oh my god! And sometimes you gotta be careful what you when you write in the grievance or when you're com- trying to rectify something because. Is the reward going to be worth it for you? Yeah. You know, what, what you know? Hey, there was this yeah. going to change? Is this going to get you to where you want to go? Mean, we had a guy that complained for two years. The city owed him a holiday check, so they owed him a half a day's pay. They owed him twelve hours pay for a twenty-four hour shift. And then they found out. Wait, we gave you a day off you weren't supposed to. So we gave you a twelve <laughs> hours pay, but your next daily day you're working for free. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you lost. Exactly. A thirty-six-hour check to get a twelve. Yeah, was it worth it? Yeah, it's, it's that's that's what we call fireman math. <laughs> yes, yep. that's firefighter math right I there. I got him. Yeah, I got him. Got him, but I got my twelve right. <laughs> um, 
Hey, so I want I want to close out on a couple just uh, this quick thing here. I just have like six points on becoming an effective steward. Be involved. I think that's an important part. Um, we've hit it, uh, you know, over the past uh, hour here on this podcast. But you you, you got to sh- lead from the front. Be involved in your local. Um, seek the education. Um, you know, there's stuff online. The FFI, IFF are hosting courses. Um, you know, the podcast or whatever education you get from your senior members. You got, uh, you know, a 20 year steward like Dave Bernicki, you know, uh, seek them out and get those things. Uh, know what your resources are uh, within your local and maybe outside of it. Um, we talk about creating a steward's manual. I think that's a real important, however you do it. Um, and again, reach out to us. Um, we're happy to help you with that. And then, you know, build that foundation for those after you. You set up these things, you set up the education you're going to make your local stronger and the people that come after you into these positions better. And I think the other thing, the stewards, again, you have that connection in your firehouses, seek out who your new leaders are. There's got to be somebody that follow in your footsteps later, especially if you, if you move up and you become a, a BA or you get on your union board, um, see who those new, the people are going to be after you and, and, and be involved in your local. I think those are important ways. And there's a lot of ways to be involved. You can be involved in PAC. You can, you can run the MDA, fill the boot. There, there's, there, there's PR things. There's all kinds of ways to be involved. And uh, I think that's the, one of the keys there as a steward we talked about is getting people involved in every which way. Because not everybody's going to want to be a steward. Not everybody's no. going to want to go walk and knock doors for a political event. But there's different ways to be involved. And then the more people you have involved, the more successful we're going to be. Absolutely. You know, you talk about being involved and just not as a steward. I I believe three of the key points for any member to be involved in. It's, a, you know, stewards, one of them, but you just hit on pack. And when you talked about fill the boot, I just call it PR because yeah. this job revolves around them three things, especially pack and PR. I mean, the one thing you want is PR. Yes. You know, guys complain, hey, we got to go to this block party, that block party. Guy, that's PR work. Yes. The people love us. 99% of the time when a fireman shows up at your house, they yeah. want you there. Yes. We're not like the people that wear the blue. Yes. You know, where yeah, there's all the PR tests because you know what? The good PR is going to work yeah. in your favor 100% of the time. And a lot of times it's the stewards that quarterback that out of every firehouse. Oh, sure. Yes. For sure. Yeah. So I just want to thank you, Dave, for coming yeah, by. Thank Chris. you for coming by. I enjoyed it. You guys made made the trip up here. I think this is a good episode, and I hope it helps our members out there and maybe create some more involvement in being stewards, and um, we'll see you next time. All of our episodes are excellent, but this was a good one. Yeah, Yeah. I think this is uh, one to be proud of here. So uh, until next time, we'll uh, see you on the next episode. Thanks. Take care. Be safe.